0: I suggest that we can prove the existence of God from the impossibility of the contrary. As Christians, we do not give up our intellect. The strongest evidence and argument for the existence of God is that without a belief in God, you can't prove anything. How can the material? That's the question I'm going to ask you. I would say no. And can you give me an example of anything other than God that's immaterial? Lost logic. Welcome to the Revealed Apologetics podcast. I'm your host, Elias Ayala, and here at Revealed Apologetics, our goal is to equip believers to defend the Christian faith, and we want to equip you to do it in a way that is honoring to God and faithful to Scripture. So sit back, relax, get your thinking caps on, and let's dive into our topic for today. All right, well, we are going to uh, continue on our uh, road down Theology Avenue, (laughs) okay? Uh, We have finished the doctrine of the Word of God, and we understand at this point that the Word of God is our ultimate starting point, because it comes with the highest authority being from God Himself, okay? Okay? And the reason why we start with the doctrine of the Word of God and we don't start with, say, something, uh, what, you know, uh, what's called the doctrine of God himself is that we can't really know anything about God unless we start with how he's revealed himself. And so this is going to be, this is a very important point to keep in mind as to why we started the way that we did. So in this lesson, we're going to actually start on what's called the doctrine of God. The doctrine of God, okay? And since we've started from a revelational starting point, that is to say, we've started from what the Bible has to say about God, okay? We are now going to kind of go through what the scriptures say in regards to what God is like, okay? And so, if you're confused on the terminology, the doctrine of God, why don't we just put it within the category of this kind of question, What is God like? What is God like? Okay? And when we ask this question uh, in this very simplistic way, if you're just going to, you know, you say, hey, what's God like? The answer to those questions is going to be within the category of the doctrine of God. We don't want to answer this question by speculating and guessing and, oh, I wish God was this way or perhaps I think God is that way. Rather, we want to derive our, um, our knowledge about God from what God has said about himself. Does that make sense? Okay. All right. Please follow along. I know you guys are, no one's not not following along. I just want to, to make sure you're, you know, by nodding of heads that you're still alive this morning. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, good. All right. Very good. So, um, I do want to uh, break up what God is like. ...into two categories, okay? When we describe what God is like, we are describing what we call His attributes, okay? His attributes, alright? That's a word that we should all be familiar with when we describe the attributes of something. What are we doing when we are talking about the attributes of someone? That's a question that is open. Yes? Yes? Yeah, very good. Okay, so we'll we'll jot that down. So when we're describing the attributes of something, we are looking at the characteristics, the characteristics of that something. Okay, if I were to say, describe for me the attributes of a banana, and then we'd list some of the characteristics of the banana. Okay, uh, uh, made me hungry. <clears throat> I didn't have breakfast. Actually, no, I did have breakfast. I had a English muffin. Cinnamon raisin English muffin, it was delicious, but that is completely (laughs) outside our topic, okay? So attributes deal with characteristics, okay? So when we're dealing with the characteristics of God, when we're dealing with his attributes, there are two categories that I want you to understand. There are two categories that we're going to break up the attributes of God because they are distinctly separate from one another. All attributes of God describe something about God but there are different kinds of attributes that highlight different aspects of what God is like, okay? And these are the categories known as the, the inc- Well, let's start with the communicable attributes. The communicable attributes, and don't be frightened by the words. I'm going to define my terms here. The incommunicable attributes of God and the, we'll put this off to the side, but then move it on the other side of the board so that we can take the time to make a list here. And then we have what's called the incommunicable attributes. All right? The communicable attributes and the incommunicable attributes. That's a, a mouthful, so let's, let's actually say it so that we get a good grasp as to what we're saying here. Can everyone repeat after me the communicable Communicable attributes. attributes of God. Very good. <clears throat> Very good. All right, well, when we, talk, when we talk about the communicable attributes, we're talking about a specific kind of attribute without getting into too much detail right now. We're just defining the terminology. When we speak of the communicable attributes, what we're speaking of are those attributes of God, the attributes of God that can be and are communicated to the creature. Okay? The communicable attributes are attributes of God that can be and are communicated to the creature. Okay? In other words, there they are those features about God that we could understand... Because we share, to a lesser degree, those attributes. Does that make a little sense? Okay. There are attributes of God that we share to a lesser degree. But we share them. And in that sense, this characteristic of God is communicated to us. Alright? And I'll give you some examples of, of those communicable attributes. Yes. Yes, yeah, I'm sorry. My handwriting is pretty atrocious. I do apologize. <clears throat> I'm usually typing when I, uh, when I do stuff like this. Okay? Okay? Here's a side question. Here's a side question before we list some of the communicable attributes. Okay? The side question is this. Why? Why are the communicable attributes able to be communicated to man. Okay? Why are the communicable attributes able to be communicated to man? Okay, this is very, very important, and the answer to this is you actually know the answer. Even though you might think you don't know the answer, you do, okay, because you know the basic truth that I'm about to tell you, um, you are familiar with, and if you want to turn to your Bibles, if you have your Bible with you, if you don't, I'm going to pretend I don't see you, (laughs) and I'll just be silently judging you from up here, totally kidding. Alright, Genesis, I want you to turn to Genesis chapter 1, chapter 1, verse 26, in your Bibles, Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, this is all the, the Bible likes to say, Bible of And if someone could turn to Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. Okay, so we have Genesis 126 and Genesis 2, verse 7. So I want Ethan to read verse 26 because he found it first. And then we'll have Miss Asari read it. And I chose Miss Asari, not because of anything in you, Miss Cruz. <laughs> I just happened, I had to choose one. So <laughs> all right. So if you, could, if you could read it nice and loudly, uh, I'd, love, I'd love that. Just verse 26, Genesis 126. Then God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let us have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock all over the earth, and over every human thing that grew from the earth. All right, right there, you can stop. Um, can you read that first part again real quick? Then God said, let us make man in our image. All right, right there. Let us make man in our image. Okay, now God is referring to himself, uh, completely unrelated to the topic of today, but he is, uh, well, I suppose it's not completely unrelated. But he says, let us make man in our image. The one God refers to himself in the plural. We'll talk a little, a little bit about that in a later time. But the emphasis here is the fact that we are made in his image. If you can read Genesis chapter 2. Genesis 2, verse 7. <clears throat> and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. Alright, so God created man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into him the breath of life. And so in, in a very profound sense, we have a little bit of... You know, we have a little something of God within us. He breathes life into us. Does that make sense? He breathes life into us. And in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, we are said to be made in the image of God. And so I'm going to write this off to the side here. You're going to have to know it. It is a Latin, then represented in the, in the textbooks, a Latin term, the imago, the imago day. okay? And that literally means the image of Of God. And so, in a very profound way, we reflect our Maker. Okay? In a very profound way, we reflect our Maker because we are made in the imago day, in the image of God. Now, it's very important to understand, and we've spoken about this in the past, that to be made in the image of God is not to be made in the sense that we look physically like God. Why is it the case that we do not look physically like God? Yes. God doesn't have a body. That's right. Very good. God does not have a body. John 4, 24, God is a spirit. Okay. What other attribute of God do we have, uh, that we know about God that requires that he does not have a body? What is it about God? He is all around. That's right. He's all around. And so he's not limited by physicality, by a physical, uh, body. Okay, So to be made in the image of God has nothing to do with looking like him physically. Now this is very important because there are some religious groups who think that the image of God refers to a physical likeness. Because there are verses in the Bible which seem to indicate that God does have a body. That God does have uh, physical characteristics. And we're going to talk a little bit about that at a later time. But to be made in the image of God is to be made in the image of God in relation to something that's non-physical, but rather spiritual, mental. There are things about us that reflect God's nature, but they're not physical in character, okay? And so uh, why are the communicable attributes able to be communicated to man, okay? Because of Genesis 1.26. The reason for this is that we, man, are made in the image of God. Okay? So why are are these attributes able to be communicated to us? Because we're made in His image. Those characteristics of God are reflected to a lesser degree in us. And so in a way, we share these characteristics with God because we reflect his nature. Does that make sense a little bit? Okay. Um, Just as a complete aside, I think that's amazing. I mean, this this really um, is related to the intrinsic value of every human being. The value of human beings are wrapped up in the fact that we are made to reflect our creator. Okay. That's an amazing thing. All right. All right, so uh, you guys understand what an attribute is? Okay, you could nod your head in agreement if you, you understand what a communicable attribute is? Okay, and you understand why we're able to have these attributes communicated to us, all right? And so what I'm gonna do now is I'm going to erase this and then I'm going to list for you more specifically some of these attributes that are, um, that are communicable to us, okay? I'm gonna do this here, Let's uh, erase this. Okay. All right. Okay, so what are some of these attributes of God that are communicated to us, okay? I would say, in one sense... Spirituality. Okay, think about it. God is spirit, and even though it's to a lesser degree, man is a spirit. Okay. Of course, we're not merely a spirit, as uh, as what was just read for us uh, just a few minutes ago, Genesis chapter two, verse seven. God formed man out of the dust of the ground. That relates to our physical aspect. But God breathed into us the breath of life. That refers to that spiritual, that image of God aspect, right? But there is indeed a spiritual aspect to man, okay? And so in a sense, man's spirituality reflects God's nature in a limited sense. And so in that sense, we are similar to God, but I wanna keep emphasizing this. We're similar to him to a lesser degree, okay? God is, 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 a, uh, is a spirit to be sure, but there are definitely different qualities in, re- in regards to his spirituality and our spirituality, okay? Am I going over anyone's head right now? Are you guys following along? Okay. All right. Okay. Um, another aspect of the communicable attributes of God is rationality. Rationality. Okay? God is a thinking being. God has thoughts. God thinks. Well, man thinks as well. To the same degree, as God's thinking? Does man think to the same degree as God? No. Right? But we do think, to be sure. And so there is, a, there is a very important similarity there, a reflection of God's nature, if you will. God is rational. We are rational. The characteristic or attribute of rationality is communicated to creatures, man, because we too think. Right? So in that sense, it's communicated. That's, again, bringing this back to our, our category here, the communicable attributes, because it's communicated. Let's use, let's use a, uh, a more common attribute. Love. Okay? Oh, your cheeks get red right. <laughs> The smile. hmm Love. Uh, the Bible says God is love. But you know what? Just as God loves, man has the capacity to love. Okay? And so love is a communicable attribute. The attribute of God being love is communicated to us. And so we're able to a lesser degree love. Of course, given the fall of man and the effects of sin, we do not love perfectly. We do not love in the way that we should love. And we love objects that are not to be loved, right? If someone, if I were to ask you a question, is love a good thing? You know, the proper answer to that would be, well, it depends. Because love always has an object. The Bible speaks of the love of God, which is good, but it also speaks of the warning against loving the world, right? Okay? <clears throat> very very important. So, spirituality, rationality, love, right? We can even just broadly any relational relational category. God is relational, we are relational. Right. And so in a very introductory sense, I hope you see that we are similar to God in these various ways, and God communicates these attributes to us in light of the fact that we are created in his image. We are called to reflect, uh, we are created to reflect these very characteristics. And again, a much deeper study can be uh, said of these things. I don't have to survey every biblical verse, but you know that each one of these things are reflective in what the Bible teaches and just in our everyday experience. I'm a thinking being. As I reflect, God's a thinking being. Okay? All right. Are there any questions on what we've just done so far? Any questions? Okay, good. Now I'm going to erase this and then I'm going to go over the incommunicable attributes. Okay? Can I erase that or you need a few moments? Okay, that's fine. All right. Also, uh, towards the end of the class, I'm going to give you an assignment that is going to be due um, on Tuesday. All right. There are five questions I want you to answer in brief paragraph form. Uh, Oh, yeah. Well, okay. So here's the the thing. Yes. Email these these to me. at my, at my email that I gave you before. Did I give you my email already? Nope, so I'll give it to you before, uh, before class is over. My personal one, yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't worry about it. I'll let you know uh, when, towards the end of the class, okay? All right, can I erase? Yes, no, maybe so? All right, thank you. All right, so moving along. Okay, so Now we move to our second category Of the attributes of God Which refer to the Incommunicable Incommunicable Okay <laughs> that Attributes Of God Okay And so, if we're going to define this in a very simplistic way, it really refers to the attributes of God, the attributes of God that are not nor can be communicated to man. Okay? Incommunicable attributes refer to the attributes of God that are not, nor can be, communicated to man. That is not to say that we can't know about them, but rather it refers to the idea that we cannot know them from an experiential sense. In other words, these characteristics of God, I do not share. Okay? Alright? These specific attributes, which we're going to list, are not, they are not shared With the creature. Okay? When we refer to the incommunicable attribute to God, what is highlighted is what is called the creator, the creator creature distinction. Okay? There are ways in which we're similar to God, but there are profound ways in which we are nothing like God. And those profound ways in which we are nothing like God refer to his incommunicable attributes. Alright? I'll give you a few moments to write that down. You guys tracking with me so far? Alright, very good. You guys are doing a great job, by the way, listening, not talking or doing side things. I appreciate that do you guys here's a question here's a question do you guys understand what I'm talking about here alright good you're grasping that's good Um, I I hope you understand as you're writing and finishing up these notes I hope you understand the value of of what you're getting here Um, these are things that your parents or those in ministry would have to <laughs> if they don't do it in normal Bible studies, we'd have to pay money to learn in some seminary somewhere. So you're getting it. Well, I can't say you're getting it for free since you're, you're paying to be you know, like this. Dryala. Tri- tri- it's very expensive to go to the school. So, yes, I'm not going to pretend you're not paying. Um, but uh, not everyone is getting this kind of theological training uh, in different contexts. And so uh, I hope you understand the value in this. OK. <clears throat> All right. All right, so highlighting this point here, I'm going to put two stars next to this because it's super important, okay? And that is the creator-creature distinction, okay? As I said before, there are many similarities between God and, his, and those made in His image, but there are profound differences, okay? And we're going to talk a little bit about those differences, some of which you are already familiar with, okay? Can I erase this? Yes. Okay, so we're going to go through some of the lists. All right, there's always one in every class, right? He's like, no, don't erase it. Just kidding, you can erase it. All right. The reality is, I think faster than you could write. So in my mind, I'm like, all right, we're done with that point. Let's move on. And then poor, poor students are like, I'm still on the second sentence. Mr. Ayala, please slow down. Okay. All right, so let's, let's run through some of the incommunicable attributes. And they're going to be um, characters. I'm not going to go too much into uh, the attributes of God that are beyond, you know, what we've discussed in the past. Some of these terms you're going to be familiar with. And then I'll throw in some other attributes of God that perhaps you're not familiar with, just to give you a, a flavor of what those might look like. Okay? So if the incommunicable attributes are characteristics of God that are not communicated to the creature, what are some of those characteristics? Let's just throw the question out there. Can anyone give me an attribute of God that comes to your mind? You don't even have to know the distinctions here. Let's talk a little bit about the nature of God. Give me one. Yes. Yes. Ah, he knows everything. So what is the theological term for God knowing everything? Yeah. All-knowing, but there's a fancy word that's usually associated with it. Yeah. He is wise. That's not the word, but that is true. Yeah. Well, that's one of the, ca- that's one of the attributes, but not the all-knowing one. Anybody? You're on the right track. It's one of the om's. <laughs> okay. Miss Cruz? It's usually the one that everyone has trouble Andy? saying. No. (laughs) Omnipotence deals with God being all powerful, right? Yeah. Omnipresent? No. That's all through everything. Yeah. All All right. Ready? God is omniscient. Omniscient. Okay. Omniscient. (laughs) Okay. Omniscience is the quality of uh, God knowing all truths and believing no falsehoods, okay? For God to be all-knowing, God knows all truths, and he believes no falsehoods. God knows everything that there is to be known. That would include everything in the past, everything presently now happening, and everything that will occur. God knows it all. And that's why the Bible says that he knows what you pray for before you open your mouth, Okay, That is both a scary thing and a comforting thing. It is scary depending upon, depending upon what relation you stand to God. If you are in a covenant relationship with God, you are in right standing before God, then the knowledge that God knows all things is a comfort. Because He knows what we go through. He knows the plan that He has for us and He's working out and we can trust that in our own uncertainty, God does not share our uncertainty he works all things out for the good, for those who are called according to his purpose. So that's a very great comfort. God is omniscient. Now, omniscience is an incommunicable attribute because it is impossible. It's impossible. That's right, for uh, creatures, humans specifically, to be omniscient. When you go to heaven, and you see what is behind the veil of death, (laughs) and you go to be with the Lord, to be absent from the body, to be present with the Lord, you will know a lot more than you do now, because things will be revealed to you that have not been revealed in as much detail here. But in your growth in knowledge and understanding on the other side of the curtain, so to speak, you will not, nor will you ever, be omniscient. You will always be limited in your understanding to some degree, and you will never share this property of God because it is an incommunicable property or incommunicable attribute, okay? Now, the next thing I'm going to say is either good news or bad news, depending on how much you like school. Um, (laughs) Because it's true that we will never know all things, then it is also true that for all of eternity, we will always be learning, (laughs) and <laughs> the face the look on your face you're just like it like dropped and you were like oh yeah that was right so, so Mr. Ayala are you telling me that there's going to be school in heaven uh, maybe there will be school in heaven just no homework who knows <laughs> uh, best case scenario right the reality is you will always be learning okay and that's not necessarily a bad thing uh, remember what annoys you about learning here and now is most likely related to our natural limitations and the result of sin in the world, uh, fatigue of our minds and bodies and all that other stuff that we don't like. But in heaven, in the new heavens and the new earth, those things won't affect us in, in, in that way. And so perhaps learning will be a quite invigorating and fun experience, right? Yes. So when we're in heaven, that does, not do, when we're in heaven, does that mean we're no. So if we're in heaven, when we're in heaven, we're not omniscient because in heaven we won't know everything. Only God knows everything. And that attribute of God, I'm sorry, that attribute of God, this attribute of omniscience, is an incommunicable attribute. It is not communicated to us via experience. I could never know what it means to be myself all-knowing. I know what the concept means, right? I know what omniscience means, But I could never know it experientially. I could never know what it is to be for me, myself, to know all things. Okay? All right. Okay, so when we also have uh, the omnipotence, which was mentioned before, the omnipotence of God. Okay? For example, um, God is all-powerful. I'm not all-powerful. I am powerful. I do have a degree of power. But God's omnipotence is very, very different. Than the power that has been given to man, okay? God has it to a much more profound degree than we could ever, ever have, okay? So I do, I know what the concept of omnipotence means, but I've, ne- I will never know what it means for me myself to be omnipotent. All right? Right, one at a time. I hear that that beeping. Yeah. Well, not the end of the world. We can still, we can still. Continue here. Yeah. Yes, you may. Yes, you may. Yes. Were you going to say something? Oh, yeah. So that means all powerful? All powerful. That's right. So God is all powerful. That's an incommunicable attribute of God. Okay? And the last one, since we're running out of time, we'll go over some more when we start up again. But uh, God's omnipresence. All right? God is everywhere present. Again, an incommunicable attribute. I know what omnipresence means. But I can never and will never know what it is for me myself to be everywhere, to experience it, right? Okay? There are other incommunicable attributes, and we'll save some of them. For example, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about divine simplicity. What does it mean for God to have simplicity? What does it mean for God to have aseity? We'll define these terms and uh, kind of explain how they relate to the incommunicable attributes of God. Alright? Uh, to close, are there any questions, comments, observations? Alright, well, that will conclude our lesson for, for now. What I want you to do is I want you to write down this information and then we'll continue next time. Thank you very much for listening to Revealed Apologetics. If you have any questions that you would like me to answer um, on one of our podcast episodes, please feel free to send in your question uh, at revealedapologetics at gmail.com.